Welcome to the Metox podcast. I'm Fran Dargaville, a functional nutritionist. My home base is in Sydney, Australia, but you'll just as often find me following the sunshine and warmer weather around the world, and of course, hunting down all the best coffee shops while I'm at it. I'm here to share my take on nutrition and health, answer your questions, and chat with leading health and wellness experts and all-round inspiring humans. Enjoy this week's episode and submit your questions at frandargaville.com or via my Instagram, frandargaville. Hey guys, I hope you're doing well. I know it hasn't been the easiest time for everyone lately, but I've actually secretly quite been loving all this time that I've been spending at home. So I didn't really expect this, but I've actually rediscovered lots of my old hobbies. So I've been getting back into playing the ukulele and I just got myself a keyboard, like the piano kind of keyboard, and I got that all set up. So I'm getting into, you know, playing more music, which I hadn't done in years because I'd just been so busy rushing around, doing all the things, seeing all the people and Having this time at home has really given me the opportunity to do more of the things that I'd wanted to do for a long time and also spending time in the kitchen. So I love to cook and I love spending time in the kitchen, but I'd begun to notice that until a few months ago, I was spending less and less time in the kitchen just because I was really busy. So, you know, I was still eating well, but I was eating a little more out of convenience than I would have liked. So I really had the opportunity to spend more time in the kitchen and prepare more healthy and delicious foods. So I've really been enjoying that. Okay, so let's chat about this week's episode. So we've spoken about the menstrual cycle before in a few different episodes. So if you're interested, go and check out episode 21 with Gemma Lee, which is all about living in sync with your cycle, more in the sort of lifestyle perspective. And also episode 13 with Jessica Ash, which is more of the functional nutrition perspective of the cycle. But this episode is awesome and it's completely different. It offers a completely different perspective to all the things that we've discussed before. So in this episode, I spoke with Jenny Hulbert, who is the founder of Wild Wellness, and she's a holistic fitness specialist who helps women live and sweat in sync with nature. She has a bachelor's and master's degree in exercise science and sports psychology. Jenny's area of expertise is how to exercise in sync with your cycle. So I know that many of us females expect to be able to exercise and move every single day, you know, and perform every single day the same way that, you know, most men are able to. And I have definitely learned the hard way that that is just not the case. Whether you're completely new to the whole menstrual cycle awareness side of things or you've been working with your cycle for a while, there's definitely a lot to get out of this episode. So let's get into it. Hey, Jenny, welcome to the show. Thanks, Fran. So grateful for you to have me. So happy to have you here. So I want to know a little bit more about your background and how you got into health and fitness. And then I'm guessing a little bit later into women's health. Of course. Yeah, I think this is going to be interesting for 
listeners to hear. I mean, there's always a backstory for people, right? And where things come from, but uh, I'm sure part of this may resonate with someone on how they're either feeling now or how they may have felt in the past. So I started on a pre-med track in college. I knew I wanted to help people with their health, but I also started to feel after I got into it that I um, really didn't resonate 100% with becoming a conventional medical doctor. That wasn't exactly it for me. And so I ended up switching and getting a Bachelor of Science in Exercise Science and my master's degree in sports psychology. And so I wanted really the the physiology and the psychology background for the body and the mind. That's kind of where my head was at that time, like this holistic picture. So started working with clients as a personal trainer for several years before I started Wild Wellness, which really has more online offerings. But to backtrack a little bit, I really struggled with an eating disorder in my teens and early 20s, like for a long time. This challenge that I had, I think, eventually led me to be passionate about all these things. And it's interesting because even though that's related to food, it actually still influenced so many areas of my life, not just food and nutrition, but actually workouts and exercise and just lifestyle in general. I just remember when I learned about the food industry and mindful eating, things really changed for me. It was like that aha moment when I realized that if I just went back to a nature-inspired philosophy, which is where I completely come from and resonate and teach from now, that it just simplified all of that stuff that I was confused about with food. And it was really sort of uh, a challenge for me with the disordered eating. And another sort of pivotal moment came along then when I was really feeling burned out and exhausted as a personal trainer, which didn't really go hand in hand too well. I was like having trouble keeping up with my clients. And despite having my bachelor's and master's degree in exercise and sports psychology, like my own workouts were draining me and I didn't know what was wrong. So I, I think about that now and it's it really went back to a belief that I used to have, which was that training harder would get me better results. And I just thought that if I you know, kept pushing in a certain way that I would reach certain goals. And I didn't understand cycles at all. I just thought that I could go 100% all the time, however I felt like. And so that was a rock bottom moment for me when I realized that I really needed to tune in and manage my energy, manage stress, think about how I was um, working with the natural rhythms of life and of my own body. And so now I'm still a student of what I share and what I teach. I'm still putting it into practice, but everything that I do is really about helping people live and sweat and sync more with their cyclical rhythms and with nature, because that's what saved me. And specifically a lot of women resonate with that because we have cyclical bodies and also because wild wellness to me is not just nature inspired living and well-being, but WILD is an acronym for women into living their dreams. And when that landed with me from that ancient Chinese proverb that says, when uh, sleeping women wake, mountain will, mountains will move, I actually kind of rephrased that in my head and I heard when wild women wake, mountains will move, because I really think that when we take care of our bodies, we can take all the adventures and live the life of our dreams. Yeah, I love all of that. And I can really resonate with with what you shared because 
I think I came from a similar background as well of really pushing myself and training a lot and uh, really burning out from that. I actually developed chronic fatigue and that was, um, you know, for a number of reasons, but that was definitely part of it. And now I know just how valuable it is, but it's also really tricky to find that balance between, you know, still actually training and being fit and doing all these things and resting. So I think this is going to be a really helpful conversation for everyone listening in terms of being able to actually figure that out, you know, how you can make that work. Yeah, it is something that I certainly wasn't taught. And I just think back to if I had known the things that I know now, just like we, we all think, but it's like, you don't know what you don't know. And it never uh, occurred to me that this was going to transform even how I live beyond workouts. So I'm really excited to share it. (laughs) Yeah, well, I'm excited to learn more about it. So could you talk us through the menstrual cycle and the best way to work out with each phase of our cycle? Yes, this is what I love most because it really puts it all together into exactly what we experience each month as women. And I think to start, like most workout plans or goal setting strategies, even if you think about it, they follow a really linear approach. And I have found, obviously, as I just shared, that that primed me for burnout. It primes a lot of women to really go on an unhealthy pattern of constant upward motion. It's kind of an outdated approach, and it's really honestly more of a masculine approach. So I teach a more mindful and intuitive one that really applies to workouts and well-being and your overall life. And I think you'll see that as we talk about the phases, because there's four phases that we go through in one month or in 28 days, you know, that might not be exact for all women, but in approximately that amount of time. And it does follow the moon cycle as well. And I also became familiar with the concept of relating these phases to the seasons. So winter, spring, summer, and autumn. And I remember when I first heard about them being symbolized that way in a book called Wild Power, it really resonated with me, obviously, because of, you know, my connection with nature and just really um, resonating with that concept overall. But I think it just gives us a nice symbolism because we understand how seasons work and sort of the energy that each of them have being connected and being human beings that live in nature that way. So to start with, I'll kind of go over all four seasons and then I'll go into each one specifically, if that's good. Yeah, absolutely. Sounds good. So, so inner winter is the menstrual phase. That would be approximately days, maybe 27, 28 to day five. And then there's inner spring, which is the follicular phase, days six to 11 approximately. Inner summer would be ovulation, days 12 to 19. And then inner autumn, the luteal phase, day 20 to 26 or 27. So it's really important not to get caught up in those days. I mean, I gave numbers just to kind of give you a sense, but follow your own experience with this, sense what you discover through what you feel. Not every cycle of yours is even going to be the exact same. You know, for me, sometimes I have a 28, 29 day, sometimes it's 33. Like it, it kind of ebbs and flows in that range right now. So you just use that as a guide in general. And I think one of the most important things I'll say about this to kind of 
before we go into the phases is for me, it's been really important to track and keep a journal of not just what phase I'm in, what inner season I'm in, but what day of the cycle it is. And then what I do specifically for the workout and how I'm feeling. And I kind of give it a rating. There's actually a free download on my website if you want like a tracking journal guide on how you would align that with your cycle and even with what's going on in, with the moon and astrologically, I just think it's all connected and it's really important if we can track it because then we can notice patterns and we can see what we might need to change or where we have transitions that might need a little more attention in the future. So all that said, <laughs> do you have anything you wanted to add, Fran? No, I think that is amazing. And I think what you're saying as well, I find that really interesting is, you know, that to some extent, yes, you can tell us what you should do, you know, in inverted commas at each phase of the cycle. But it's really, you know, I like that it's really about getting that feedback from your own body and what's actually working for you. Because, you know, I think that's my approach to approach to health and nutrition as well. You know, we can tell people what to eat and how to work out, but everyone is so different. So I think encouraging people to figure that out for themselves is really, really powerful. Exactly. Because even though I, yeah, giving somewhat of guidelines or what it might look like or what it's most likely to be, it may be different. And that's actually a great sort of point to reiterate, I think, especially in the menstrual phase, because that's where we'll start here. And I'll talk about that inner winter. A lot of women might feel the need to move more during, I don't, not to say move more relative to the rest of the cycle, because this is more of a call to go inward and slow down a bit. But some women might feel the need to completely rest, like do nothing as far as exercise or moving their body, maybe besides some light stretching. But some women might find that they actually feel a little better if they do some kind of a, a light jog or a walk or some other kind of movement, maybe even swimming that they have found helps circulation during that time. So, I mean, for me personally, those first couple days of the menstrual phase, when I start to bleed, it's a slowdown. I step away from the, the training plan. I don't even have a plan at that point. It's like whatever I feel like doing, you know, there's nothing on the agenda. It's more of just letting go of any of those things in, in a lot of ways, letting go of other responsibilities and things you might have had on your calendar or on your to-do list as well. And it's really just about resting and recovering hard, you know, like things like restorative yoga would be obvious choices during this time, holding poses for as long as you need to. It could be um, doing things that are kind of grounding and close to the floor. Like for me, I find I gravitate towards yoga poses that focus on the lower body and the hips. I tend to feel some tightness and cramping in that area sometimes, like in the low back. So maybe pigeon pose or doing um, something that's a stretch for the hips, like if you're lying on your back and doing a gentle twist, or even just five minutes or 10 minutes or longer of Shavasana, where you really relax and really support that restful state of your nervous system. So I think of those restful poses, and a lot of times I think we do consider yoga to be a relaxing movement, but it's not always. I mean, you could be doing a really intense yoga practice, and that might not be suited for this phase just because it's yoga. <laughs> At the same yeah. time, like I said, I mean, a lot of women might find that they 
do need a little bit more than that because it does feel good. So go buy what feels good to you. And another thing I often share with people because I've noticed this in my own cycle and, and just paying attention to what feels good to me is uh, a light walk feels good at, at a certain point um, in those first couple of days. So just getting things moving and getting outside. And oftentimes I'll share that I do that close to water because it's such symbolism for me of flow and flowing with ease. And it's just a yin energy that's really soothing to me. So I'll go and do that, but I'll, you know, I'll take lots of stops and I don't have any particular distance that I need to go or any time I need to be out there just as really giving myself a break and doing whatever feels good. That's the main goal of this time. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. I think that's really yeah. great advice. Yeah. And the I, one thing I'll say too, is that if you do rest mentally and physically in this phase, I think it allows you to take that break and transform it into the most creative and um, maybe useful energy later in the cycle, like whether that be for your workouts or in general. I think sometimes if we overdo during this phase when our body really needs to rest, then it doesn't get the rest and recovery that it needs. And then we're kind of carrying that a little heavier later on. So it is really important to listen to that. Yeah. And the next phase would be the follicular phase in our spring. And I consider this, so we'll go back. The winter phase was what I also consider the base phase and the follicular inner spring would be the build phase. So things start to build, things start to rise a little. Your hormone levels like follicle stimulating hormone begin to rise a little so that that egg can mature in the ovary and um, eventually release. But that rise in estrogen levels has been linked with our muscles being really pliable and able to stretch which is a great thing, but it's something that I would love to point out that you might want to do more of a warm up than you usually do, or just make sure that you're in a really good place to, to do the movement, because sometimes this is a ramp up of activity. And if you go into it too abruptly, it might be more, basically, it might be more of a time when you're more prone to injury because your muscles might be able to absorb less force from the joints at that point because they're more pliable. So something to keep in mind in the back of your head. And the other thing about increasing in this phase is that you're also more resistant to cortisol. Your pain threshold could be higher. You'll be able to most of the time recover from a hard workout a little easier. And your insulin sensitivity seems to be higher during this phase too because of those higher levels of estrogen. So all of that together means that you can use carbohydrates more efficiently. That means that higher intensity cardio workouts might be a good match for this phase, better than other phases. And because your blood sugar levels are stable too, that's going to line up with that high intensity cardio. And also just the fact that you're able to recover easier. You know, you can stand to do that high intensity and then be able to recover from it. And because your pain threshold is higher, you can push yourself a little more. So it definitely follows that those changes that are happening physiologically. And I also consider the spring um, to be a time of more playful energy, kind of things that you might not always do. You're kind of coming out of this period of rest. So rather than jump back into a really disciplined and routined plan, which might be the way that you go, and that's totally fine. But if that doesn't completely resonate with you, 
kind of think of it as like a, a transition between the rest and like the peak of your energy where you're just slowly building and you leave things a little spontaneous and open for whatever you feel like. So it could be translated like to what your workouts would look like. It could be intervals where you do hard efforts and then you rest. Or it could be a hike or a run where maybe you stop along the way and you do some strength training in between, like instead of going to the gym and doing a resistance training workout all with the equipment and everything, you just decide to go outside and do some push-ups and do some lunges and like use no equipment at all and just kind of be playful with it as you move along on the hike or the run. I also think of things like sprints. So we talked about intervals, so it could be in that form, but it could be um, literally doing like sprints on a bike or sprints on a run, just sort of that change of pace. So you are going a little harder, but then you're backing off. So those might be some good things to play around with. And also just new classes in general. When I talked about like trying new things and spontaneity, it might be a great time to start a new workout or a new class that you haven't tried. It's kind of like you're your whole being is geared at that time at that time for a ramp up of energy and the motivation to try something new and put yourself out there. So yeah. the next phase would be the summer, inner summer, and this is ovulation. This is what I also call the peak phase. So our hormone levels are at their peak, which means that our energy levels are at their their peak. And most women feel really energetic and really vibrant during this phase, which means that it's great to challenge yourself. It's, it's the best time to really put your energy towards the things that you're wanting to do when it comes to moving your body, whether that's like going for a PR and a race that you are doing, or you're just embracing the harder efforts. Maybe it's in strength training, you're kind of going for some things that you didn't necessarily do before you've built up to this. Um, maybe you're working on, again, like interval things, but maybe you're doing longer intervals with less rest in between relative to the, the spring phase. And I also think of this one as being a little more geared towards like a moderate intensity endurance. So to give you an idea, I mean, everyone can relate to the fact that you're not going to be able to go the same intensity for 30 seconds as you would be for if you were going for 30 minutes. So you're going to be able to go at a harder, more intense effort for 30 seconds than you would for 30 minutes. So think of it as a time when, yes, you could do those longer sprints, but you have to rest in between, or it might be a time for you to be able to do a longer endurance type activity. So for someone who's a runner, like long runs might really be the best during this time. Not that you wouldn't do them other times, but just know that like you might feel better <laughs> doing them at this time and it's maybe not going to be as challenging and you're just going to feel your best. And I think that's important to point out. I'll just kind of reflect there for a second because I know when I, before I understood this and the fact that I had a cyclical body, I would wonder at times during the month, like what's wrong with me? Why am I not feeling as good today? Why am I feeling like my legs are so heavy? And, you know, of course, there's a lot of factors that influence how we feel from day to day in a workout. But I think that one of the most powerful things of understanding this is that now I know that it's quite normal and expected for my body to change throughout the month. And there's nothing wrong with me 
it's just the way that the cycles go. And I just want everyone listening who's a woman or who works with women and wants to understand this better as far as how our bodies work is that it's um, not something to try to work against. I think the better and the sooner that we work with it, the more ease that comes with that. So moving That's on. That's very, very good advice. I really like that. And I think, you know, as you said, people working with women as well, if there happen to be any males that have made it to this point in the cycle or even have females in their life, just having an understanding that, um, you know, things, things can change during the month and we're not always going to be, um, you know, energized and able to do the things that we're able to do at, at other times in the month. Yeah. At least not, with, only, not with the same enthusiasm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. And if you picture kind of a, uh, rising up towards, say the peak of a mountain, it's kind of like you're at the base when you're in that menstrual phase and then you're rising up going sort of uphill, so to speak, if you were going to look at it that way towards the, through the spring, through the follicular phase. And then in the summer, you're, you're at the peak. That's why I consider it the peak phase. And then on the downhill is when you're in that luteal or premenstrual phase, which I also call the recovery phase. So if you even looked at it like that, that's kind of oversimplifying it to see it in the curve of like a mountain peak, <laughs> because I will say that like even in the luteal phase that we're going to talk about here, um, there can be kind of some ups and down dips in that too. And I've noticed that personally because your hormone levels do start to rise and fall throughout this phase. So estrogen and progesterone reach their peak in the middle of this phase, but then they dip again as you move towards the end of the cycle. And so that combination means that your energy levels could be higher in the earlier days of this phase, but then they'll begin to dip. And that, that up and down, you know, it's not as simple as just saying, it's, it's sort of trying to compartmentalize it into that linear approach again, almost, you know, when you start to think about it in a, in a mountain peak or like a bell curve. So that's, that's oversimplifying it, but for, for some con conceptualization of it, I guess that that could be helpful to visualize it that way, knowing that there's all these little peaks in between that you might have to climb or descend <laughs> down. So while you're in this last phase before menstruation, the inner autumn or the luteal phase, like I said, it, there could be some ups and downs and working out could really help with some of the things that we experience because of these ups and downs. We might have bloating. We might have changes in our mood. I, I would say overall, like do what feels good again and allow yourself to slow down because this is probably the time when we're more inclined to resist the slowdown we've been having like a lot of fun in inner summer it's for me it's like a more comfortable place to be because I really resonate with just being high energy and having being able to do everything and you know not really have to scale back at all but this is probably the phase that is the most difficult transition because uh, you have to really listen and hone in each day and, and let go of any kind of agenda that you had otherwise. I mean, if you're, if you're bursting with energy, go for it. But if your energy levels are dropping, then you have to, if you really want to honor what your body needs, you have to have the courage to honor that and say, okay, well, I'm going to do something different today and really let go of the things that you had in mind. So it's all about, to me, this phase is all about being flexible 
and giving yourself more recovery if you need it. It also, I, I kind of joke because it could be like the eat more and work out less phase for you. And I know for, for me, like with my background and struggling with an eating disorder, like that probably would have really freaked me out before if I would have gotten into, you know, cause my headspace before was like, oh, that's not good. You know, like eating more, working out less, that should be the opposite of that. But that was also a really interesting relationship that I had between those two things and the fact that they were even related, you know, working out for the sake of burning calories and all of that. So, so much of that has changed. But now when I think about that, that this is the eat more and work out less phase, it's like, that's really what your body needs. Like your caloric intake is actually increased or could be needed to be increased during this phase, because as your hormone levels fall, your metabolic rate is elevated. So your appetite could increase and it's what your body needs. Like it's okay to eat more, you know? And I think it's examining kind of where we, where we picked up on those beliefs. And when I think about that myself, I know part of it was through all those experiences I had with how I thought about food, but it's, uh, it's really good to notice that within yourself. And if you are seeing that, that, you know, you're uncomfortable with moving less and maybe needing to eat a little bit more just to kind of take a step back and, and think about what you can do for yourself to notice where you are and maybe notice the shift that you want to make, you know, and not beating yourself up for being in that place where you're feeling bad about that, but just to kind of notice, well, I'd, I'd like to consider it this way instead, you know, I'd like to consider that, that eating more is what my body needs right now. And that's okay. And I'd like to consider that working out less is what my body needs right now. And that's okay too. Yeah. And I, I think that is, that is really helpful what you said and more people need to be come aware of this and have this conversation, you know, with themselves and, and mm -hmm. with the world, I guess, because um, doing that is not necessarily going to make you put on weight. And also in a lot of cases, you know, I have a lot of people coming to me who have been, you know, maybe eating 1200 calories, working out really hard and then end up with burnout or chronic fatigue, um, adrenal fatigue, these kind of things. Um, and in that case, you know, when your hormones are just completely out of whack, this is going to really support your hormones and, through resting and eating more, um, you might actually find that you're able to lose weight over time, which is the crazy thing. And I found that for myself as well. You know, I was counting exactly. calories and working out really hard and um, to the place I am now where I haven't thought about calories in a very, very long time and I just move in a way that feels good and it really hasn't made a huge difference in terms of my weight and that sort of thing. So I think it's letting go and realizing that there's another way, not that we can just snap our fingers and expect people to be able to make that mindset shift overnight, but just to realize maybe there is another way. Maybe you don't have to work out so hard. Maybe you don't need to count your calories. Exactly. Yeah. And there's other things to kind of focus on even in this phase too beyond maybe other parts of the cycle where in the summer you're focused on, kind of pushing your edge, you know, and going for like a hard effort. And in this phase, I also offer the, the idea that you could consider 
focusing on alignment type workouts like Pilates or even certain types of yoga or even working with specific areas of the body that you know might need attention like maybe it's your core and your low back that you know are relatively weaker or that you just need some some extra attention I know even recently for me it's been a particular ankle thing that I have going on and I've been working on it consistently but like if you feel the need to be focused on some type of goal and not just completely like let go and I don't know what to do because my body doesn't feel like doing anything like I think it helps me mentally just to know that there is still things that I can support my body in that don't have to be hard that don't have to be this uh, intense effort so that would be the last thing that I would say about workouts in in this phase and kind of what you can have as a goal or a guideline for it yeah yeah absolutely I think that's really helpful okay so do you have more to say uh, any more to say about working out with the phases of your cycle or shall we move on I think that's a, a good overview for now if there's anything else that you feel like comes up out of that feel free to ask but yeah I think I think that's all that I would share at the moment for just kind of a, a general guideline not to go too deep on any particular one. Yeah, perfect. Well, I mean, I think you shared so much and that's such a really, uh, that's such a helpful starting point. Um, and yeah, as we sort of spoke about at the beginning, people need to start somewhere and, and we're also different. So just starting to, um, you know, listen to your body and tap into each of those phases for yourself. Um, so also how do you recommend tracking the cycle um do you recommend people use an app or use the sort of hard copy planner that you spoke about before uh, or a combination i think it's whichever way resonates with you the most i've actually done a little bit of both there's a couple apps that i've enjoyed using like p tracker and recently i can't believe it took me so long to find this one but it's um Fitter Woman, F-I-T-R, I think is the name of it, but it's an app that actually does correspond the workouts with the menstrual cycle and gives you sort of general idea of where you're at and what might be helpful. So that's an interesting app too. And then, yeah, it, paper to pencil can be helpful in its own way. And it's, I think it's really whatever resonates with you the most. And the main thing I would say is, is work with one for a little bit and just whatever you're doing consistently you know, that, that, that's going to be the main idea. Yeah. Okay. I think that's really helpful. We'll put a couple of those options in the show notes so that you can go and check them out. And yeah, I like what you said, whatever you're going to actually be able to do for a little bit, you know, a period of time and actually stick to is what's going to be helpful. So yeah, that's really good advice. So We've spoken all about, you know, working out with the different phases of your cycle and how we can start to, you know, live with that sort of inbuilt cyclical na nature that we all have. But I know for many people listening, this is going to be quite a challenging mindset shift because, you know, there's a lot of motivated, driven people listening and I've definitely been there myself. And we're very motivated to work hard and train hard and you know maybe have a social life and keep up with everyone around us all the time I think it can feel like we have to try and keep up all the time so 
how do you think we can start to shift this paradigm so that we are more connected with our bodies and our cycles and we actually listen to our bodies and live in alignment with that? That's a great question. And I, I was listening to what you were saying about people who would struggle with it and just smiling because I know what that feels like. And I still feel like I'm practicing always feeling like, okay, I'm ready for this phase, you know, because it's sometimes you might be just having a lot of ideas or just energy. And especially like that transition, like I kind of spoke about from your uh, inner summer ovulation phase down to the inner autumn luteal phase, which seems to be sometimes a harder transition for me just because it's like, I wasn't, I wasn't done yet, you know, and it's kind of like a closing down time of like wrapping things up and getting ready to go inward for a little bit. So I think something that's important to note is that when we realize that we're hormonally, physically different than men, we can embrace that reality rather than resistant. And we have the potential to really optimize our workouts and our life. It's not just about like letting go of something because we're different and we can't have as much fun or we can't go as hard or anything. It, it really is built in to help us, I think, do it in a way that is better in, in that way. And on the contrary, like mainstream fitness culture probably has this general message and vibe that's like a go hard or go home or is better, you know, all of that. And I just want to remind you, anyone listening, that there's a time for everything. And I think it's most important to align with that because it's not always about going easy. It's not always about doing less. It's just about that ebb and flow and the value that is in going fast and slow, hustling and resting, however you like to think about it, that whole spectrum is important and it's vital. And going back to nature, because that's where all of my ideas seem to come from and resonate from, and there's symbolism there for me. I mean, there's seasons and cycles. And I like to say it's not a sprint, it's a cycle. Like if we just look to nature and what that has modeled for us, we can embody that. And I also think that when you start to practice this more, it's kind of like when you start incorporating good food into your eating, into your diet. And maybe you were eating things before that you thought tasted good, but they really weren't making you feel good. It's kind of like when you start to incorporate those things in, you want more of them. I have found that with tracking my cycle and then learning how to adjust accordingly and allowing myself to slow down and clearing the calendar and going for the rest phase and, and just really being in that mode of like, okay, things are changing now. It's time for the inner autumn. Now it's time for the inner winter. Now it's moving into a struggle or feeling like you're losing something, but you'll feel more like you're making gains. And this is actually a better way to operate, a better way to live. Yeah, I like that. And, you know, maybe as you're sort of saying, doing this can give you more energy, you know, more energy to go and work out and do all the things that you want to do during those more energetic phases and help you feel more relaxed and more calm and grounded during, you know, the menstrual phases and the inner winter. 100%. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so that's all been super, super helpful. I would like to now move on to just some more fun sort of rapid fire-ish questions. They may not be that that rapid fire. Um, so what is your favorite health hack right now? This could be something that you're practicing or something you are doing with clients. Hmm. Health hack, something new. There's been quite a few new things that I've learned about and incorporated in the last even year, which aren't all that recent, but I'm trying to think, I'm not thinking of anything that's like super recent. So, I mean, I'll go back to ones that I've incorporated within the last year since that's what's coming for me. Maybe something else will come up. I have really appreciated learning about tongue scraping and oil pulling, which doesn't necessarily have anything to do with <laughs> exercise. I love but, them too. <laughs> yeah. I, I mean, one of those things again, that like you're inspired to go back and do or motivated to do again, because it feels so good. Like, I don't know why it took me so long to to start doing that. And also dry brushing. Um, I actually kind of started doing that around the same time. And during certain phases of the cycle, just in relating it to that, I've, I've found that it's not as, doesn't feel as good to me. So I've, I've started to pay attention to that instead of doing dry brushing like every day or every other day or during every part of the month sometimes it feels that it just isn't the right time, especially like as I get closer to menstruation, I guess. So that's one thing. And then another thing just popped into my mind. It, this is something that I tried a long time ago, like probably 10 years ago. And I didn't really do it consistently at the time. And I've been working, you know, with my own menstrual cycle to, to make it as healthy as possible. And at times I've had issues with painful cramping and off and on just trying to sort out, you know, how I can have my hormones be healthiest, how my body can function at its best, I hadn't done consistently very much, was uh, castor oil packs. And so I have started to do those in just the last couple of weeks. And I've, I actually um, have done it most days. I was traveling a bit, so I was away and, and didn't do it then. But I've been doing them like most days a week. And I want to see how that kind of affects and feels during how it relates to my cycle too. Is that something you've done? I'm curious, castor oil. You know what? It's actually been on my list for a while. Yeah. So this Thanks is definitely, I, I want to go out and get some castor oil. It's something, <laughs> yeah, it's something I know it's supposed to be super beneficial and supportive. So definitely something I want to try for myself. So there, I there might go and get some. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, I, I feel I'll give it a try. I'll give you a little tip and anyone listening again, I, I guess I'm not hundred percent sure that this is the most perfect way to do it, but it made sense to me. I'm kind of doing a little bit of the lazy castor oil pack. <laughs> what I do is I've devoted a t-shirt to be my castor oil t-shirt. And I basically massage the castor oil in all over my low abdomen and over my liver. And then, and I do this right before bed. And then I put that t-shirt on. That's always going to be my castor oil t-shirt because <laughs> it will stain and absorb into it. And then I just put it on and I go to bed and I just let it absorb into my skin all night. And when I get up in the morning, there's no castor oil on my body and it's absorbed in. And so that if I'm going to stay up, you know, and, and maybe be lounging in a place where an hour before I can do the oil and then put a heating pad on, then I'll mm. do that too. But that just isn't 
every night that it seems to be that way. So I'm, I've been doing that as much as I can, but kind of, like I said, the, the more um, lazy way to do it for lack of a better word is, is to just put it on and then, and then go to bed. And I read that somewhere along the way. And I just felt like that was maybe going to be a way for me to do it more consistently than not, because the typical way to do it is to, do a hot compress and then sit with it for like at least an hour. So like I said, I'm doing a little bit of that when I can, but if, when I can't, I'm just putting it on and going to bed. Yeah. I love that. And I think, you know, we've just got to make these things work in with our lives. So it's better yeah. to actually, if you can do that and you can stick to doing that most nights, that's going to be better than, you know, the thing, the pack of castor oil just sitting there and you never using it, you know? So, exactly. Yeah. yeah. I like that. I might have to give that option a go. Yeah. Sounds a little less messy as well. Yeah. Other than the t-shirt, which is perfectly yeah, devoted yeah. to my cast The sacrificial t-shirt, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which was fine. We all have one of those, I hope. Yeah, so. yeah, exactly. What's the number one piece of advice that you could give anyone listening right now? Maybe something they can go and take action on today. I think the first step that really helped me now that you have this information about the different phases of the cycle, which would have been the first thing I would have said is to learn about how your cycle changes throughout the month. The next thing after that is to track it for yourself and really see the changes that you experience and start to notice how you might need to adjust. Because I just think that body awareness in itself gives us an opportunity to respect what our body does for us and what it goes through and not to force it into things just because like that's what the training plan says to do you know and so i i really get it that we all love to challenge ourselves i mean a lot of us do if you're listening to this and you're someone who likes to work out then you probably like to challenge yourself you like to experience that runner's high that you might get if that's what you like to do and it's great when we have a lot of energy but when we get into that phase where maybe we're feeling burned out it's not easy to show up fully for anything. And so I think if you can embrace this and start to work with the fact that you are a cyclical being and that's how the human body works, then you will be embodying, like I said earlier, what nature has always modeled and the fact that it's not a sprint, it's a cycle and we can feel a lot better by doing that. So start tracking it and then you'll start to notice maybe the things that you want to adjust along the way. That is really good advice. Thank you so much. So where is the best place for people to find you online and follow along with you? Yeah, I'm glad you asked because I actually have a few free resources at jennyholbert.com forward slash wild for a cyclical body quick guide. So if you want a summary with a few other details even of what we talked about, that would be a nice one or two pager for you to have and review. And there's also a workout without burnout blueprint program there if you really want to dive into this more, as well as a free um, women's guide for more energy, less stress, kind of a collection of audio trainings that you can listen to on this topic just to go deeper. Um, on social media, I'm at Jenny Holbert on Instagram and Facebook. And since you love podcasts, obviously, since you're listening to this one, this amazing one that Fran shares, I'm the voice also on the Wild Wellness Podcast, which you can find on my website or wherever you listen to podcasts. 
Okay, great. Thank you so much. We'll put all of those links in the show notes so you can easily find them and head straight to them there. So thank you so much, Jenny, for sharing all of this wisdom with us. I think this has been so, so helpful and I've learned a lot and I'm sure everyone listening has gotten so much out of it as well. So thank you. I hope so. I hope that, like you said, take one piece of action from it and just start somewhere. And thank you, Fran, for asking such great questions and all the work that you do too. Thanks for listening to another episode of the Metox podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to chat with me about how we can work together to create a plan to reach your personal health goals, head to frandargaville.com and schedule your free functional nutrition strategy session. If you want to connect with me day to day, Instagram is the place to be. Follow me via my handle at Fran Dargaville. And finally, please note that the materials and content within this podcast are intended as general information only and are not considered to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis or treatment.